0: Ephesians here lately. We'll continue with that. Ephesians chapter two today. Yeah, thank you for that. drops oh, I might, I might use that. I've already had two this morning. But, um, let's pray. May okay, the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts and minds upon those words be acceptable in your sight, Lord. You are crucified, risen, reigning, coming again, redeemer. It's all about you, Jesus. Thanks for your help now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, can you put that picture up there for me there on the screen? Um. Yes. If I find and it, I need my sermon illustration helpers.
1: I can't find it. Mm. <laughs> well, okay. hmm. I buried it somewhere in here
0: okay, I, was right around this morning. I
1: don't know where I put it
0: Oh, girls What are you waiting for, kid? <laughs> All right Digging that off. Okay.
1: I put it someplace safe, and I don't know where I put it.
0: <laughs> so what we're doing this morning is uh, <laughs> a story to illustrate our old. Oh, That's it. That's Let's try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to worry. try this one. Is my faithful dog, English Springer Spaniel. There they go. Well, Romeo has been with us for
1: quite a while. So was but I want to show you a picture
0: and That's him beautiful after his once a year spa haircut. Late spring, we cut all the winter like stuff. Awesome. Off
1: and sure he look.
0: Uh, a great, a wonderful dog. We enjoyed him for 13, 14 years. And I could tell a million stories about Romeo. But this is one of the most dramatic, and it goes really well with the, the sermon time today. So, I'm gonna need you to engage your um, imagination skills this morning a little bit, okay? Maybe a lot. Okay, let's see. Lucy is coon. So go there to the, the base of the tree there, coon. Hallie is Romeo, the star of our show. Okay. Isaac is Aaron's car.
1: <laughs> and
0: Brian is Aaron, I get to be myself, so uh, come over here, Romeo, you're by my side and we're just, Romeo and I, every morning, we went for walks, every morning, i just coming because you're on the your leash, so Romeo and I every morning, we went for walks, okay, and we loved our walks, we usually did the gravel road up and down a couple miles for our walks, But once or twice a week, I mean, Romeo's a dog, and I wanted him to be able to enjoy the things God created him to enjoy. So once or twice a week, we'd go down off the road and go down along the river by Navita's property, and we'd let him run along the river and stuff as I walked beside him. And he'd range 10, 20, 30 yards, and he'd come back. He was really good about it most of the time. On this particular occasion, something went horribly wrong. (laughs) We're walking along, and we're going down along by the river, and Romeo is off-leash. And he sees a coon. He was (laughs) nuts for coons. This coon was out in the daylight. It was. It was moving. Kind of. So it was probably sick. So Romeo starts barking. Look what you love it. The coon (laughs) sees Romeo. Romeo starts going for the coon. So the coon goes up a tree to get out of Romeo's (laughs) yeah. So I'm standing over here, I don't know, probably 30 feet. And normally, Romeo is a really good obedient dog. Normally I would say, Romeo, come. And he would, would come back to me like 99% of the time. But when he had a coon on point, he would ignore me. So I'd say, Romeo, come. Romeo, come. Ignore me completely. Well, between me and Romeo, I didn't see the sermon title? Mud Swamp. This was late spring. And it's that, that two foot deep thick mud that's got like rotting vegetation in it, and algae, Ew. and slime, and all kinds of gross stuff. It stinks from half a mile away. It's just the worst stuff on the planet. And he has slogged his way through that to get to the base of the tree to treat it. So I'm standing back here, I'm not going through that stuff, right? So I'm like, Romeo, come! And he's ignoring me. So I'm like, ah, what do I do? So the only thing I know to do, I pull my phone out, which I had on me. Erin was about 16 years old, still at home, over Christian Academy homeschooling. So I called Lisa on her cell phone, which miraculously she answered. That's another story. <laughs> and I said, here's my situation. I'm stuck. The only thing that'll happen, the only thing that'll work is we gotta shoot the cone and drop it, or Romeo will be out there all day long ignoring me. So I said, send Aaron down with his car. I said, the track along the field is is firm enough. He can drive his car down and tell him to grab his shotgun and come down here with his car. And he's got to shoot this coon so I can finish the walk this morning. So Aaron jumps in his car and starts coming to my rescue. So come about about halfway, stops the car. Aaron jumps out of the driver's side door runs around to the pasture side door, pops it open, grabs the shotgun, and not thinking of anything, you know, just leaves the doors open, because it's not a problem, you know, just in the heat of the moment, comes running up with the shotgun,
1: <laughs>
0: and Aaron is a dead-eye shot, so he just he just he lines her up, and boom! <laughs>
1: boom.
0: He dropped that out of the seat drops dead. Romeo sniffs dead Koon to make sure Koon is dead. Then Romeo is willing to listen to Master. So Master says, Romeo, come. And then stop right there. Now, 99% of the time, Romeo would go would go where? When Master says, Romeo, come. To you. He'd come right to Master instead of my feet, right? I say, Romeo, come. He gets out of the mud He runs straight to Aaron's car and jumps into the passenger seat. I'm screaming, Romeo, no! Because what's
1: he (laughs) full of? Mud. What's Aaron's car now
0: full of? Mud. So I'm screaming,
1: Romeo, no!
0: In his excitement and his adrenaline flowing and stuff, he jumps up, paws on the, the dash, and what's going on? What are you want to do? Let's go home. I'm like, no, he never jumped in the cars because that only meant going to the vet. <laughs> so he never imagined he would ever do such a thing. So he's in the car and I'm yelling, Romeo, come, thinking he would go out the door and come to master, right? What does Romeo do? <laughs> he goes to the driver's seat and muddies that all up and goes up on the dash. And I'm No, I'm just—I'm beside myself. I'm enraged. I'm upset. I'm confused because he's not obeying anything he normally obeys. The whole thing is just a debacle. So I had to go to the car and grab him by the collar and drag him out of the car. The car, from the seats forward, is a frightful, horrible mess. It took us weeks. We had to shampoo the stuff with a vacuum-powered device two or three times to get the seats clean and the floors clean. It took multiple sessions with magic eraser to get the dash clean. It was an unbelievable, frightful mess. Okay? Thank you so much for you.
1: So what I want to share in the aftermath of that
0: story is I have never been so disgusted with a pet
1: oh, now I found the picture. or a
0: critter in my life. I was beside myself with so many things with his refusal to obey me, with his why did you not obey me when 99% of the time you would have normally what was going through your brain. Mm-hmm. With, with the hours and hours and hours of effort we're gonna have to put in that car to clean it up. All this stuff and beyond, just, just beside myself. Like, oh. So, but what did I do? I spent a couple hours giving in two or three shampoos, washings, spent most of my morning cleaning up after. Spent days and hours for the weeks following the car multiple sessions getting that thing back up to normal where it didn't stink anymore where it looked good where you could maybe sell it to somebody else how I was done with that dog. I didn't I could have right I could have beat him I could have kicked him I could have cursed him all day I could have not fed him for a week because I was so mad. I could have I could have put him down I could have said, if this is the way you're going to act, you're going to make my life miserable from here on out, I'm done with you. There's a lot of things I could have done to follow through. But I washed him and I shampooed him and I had to forgive him. And we had a lot of awesome years after that unbelievable terrible incident. The whole thing That whole experience, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, I'm just saying, Romeo experienced pure grace. Grace is being loved even though you have in no way, shape, or form earned it. Grace is being loved in spite of terrible, horrific, bad performance. I love that dog, even though that day was the most disastrous day for a dog I can imagine. Romeo experienced grace that day. And there's a lot of intangible things are going to connect for you and I, so I'm just letting you know, in the in the sermon today, you are Romeo. I myself, I not preaching the sermon, I am. There are times where we not only don't listen to our master, we flat out ignore our master. Times when we should do the thing we have maybe done before in right obedience to our master on other occasions, but for some reason, we do not do the thing we've done before and we disobey. And every time the master calls, we only make it worse and make it worse and make it worse. Until so all he can do is grab us, guide by the collar, and drag us out of the situation. This is Ephesians chapter 2. Hereafter here here known as the William chapter. <laughs> uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Let's see how this uh, amazing, terrible experience for Romeo and for me in the aftermath of it shows the grace of God. Is every single person here this morning needs Amen? Amen. Chapter 2, verse
1: 1.
0: Paul writes, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Now trespasses and sins, that's kind of trespass is when Romeo ignored my commands. That's trespass. Sin is when he went into the car, when he shouldn't have, when he should have done some other normal thing. Sin is a more general, <coughs> miss in the mark. Trespass is purposely missing the mark. It's going against the law. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, and you were what? What condition were we before Christ? Dead. Okay? Well, if you're dead, can you, can you hear can you respond? Can you obey? Can you move? Can you do anything on your own behalf when you're dead? Just say no. Paul's making it really clear. This is the most black and white pure gospel passage in the whole Bible. Super clear. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. The Spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Do we see this Spirit at work in the sons of disobedience today? Yeah. You can't. You can't look at a screen. Can't look at news. Listen to news daily. It's off the charts. Obvious. The Spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Verse three. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Because we love to stand up on High Holy Mountain and go Oh your people are so messed up Don't we love doing that? Up on our High Holy Mountain And pointing down to people Who are so messed up below Paul makes it really clear Among whom we all once lived In the passions of our flesh We're all in the same boat We all need the same Savior. We all need Christ on the cross. I don't just need his pinky toe crucified for me. I need his whole life crucified for me. How about you? We're so clean. We're so perfect. We've never been in the muddy swamp. A bunch of thoughts. Shall we go there? You know that... That those, those wonderful commandments about thou shalt not kill. Jesus remembered the them on Thou shalt not kill. And people go, I've never killed anybody. I've kept that commandment. Jesus goes, what do you have Every time you've thought angry thoughts about somebody, every time you've been critical in your judgments, every time you've wished harm to somebody in your thoughts, you committed murder with your thoughts. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh, I've, I've never done that. I've kept that one. Jesus says Really? If you've ever looked at someone else and wished that you could have relations with them, you committed adultery with them. So now tell me that you've never spent time in the muddy swamp. We're all in this boat. We're all in this muddy swamp. We're all Romeo barking at the coo. Say amen. Amen. Amen means that's true. It's true about me. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and the thoughts. And we we were by sin. We, with we we were by nature, nature children, children of, of wrath. wrath. By nature means, as babies at birth, we were children of wrath, and that wrath refers to God's wrath on unrighteousness and sin and rebellion. Paul says every single human being is born deserving of God's wrath. Born with sin, born looking at wrath coming from a holy God. Everybody said, we're all in trouble.
1: We're all in trouble.
0: One of the two greatest hopeful words in the Bible, verse 4, but God we're all in that muddy swamp and we're all barking at the coon and we're ignoring our savior, our master and our commander. And that situation is eternally hopeless. But God. But God being rich in mercy. So, So when we worship, I sure hope that you're worshiping and you're adoring him. Praise God because he's rich in mercy towards you. He does not give you what you deserve. I'm really glad my God he does not give me what I deserve because I couldn't survive it. If I had given Romeo what he deserved that day, he would not have survived day. But God being rich in mercy thank you Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Because of the great
0: love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Romeo was dead set against me completely, wasn't listening to me, ignoring me, all those things. He was completely dead in his trespasses. His only hope, but he didn't even know it, his only hope is if I would find a way to intervene and in save a situation. When we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Only because God loves you as He pulled you from the muddy sword. Only because He loves you. By grace, you've been saved. Verse 6. And God raised us up with him, And with, with Jesus, and seated us with Jesus in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I pulled Romeo out of there. I could have let him sit in this stinking, muddy mess for a week just to punish him, couldn't I? But I lathered him up and I rinsed, and I lathered him up and I rinsed, and I worked until he was clean. What did Jesus do for you and me? He looks at you and he says, "Father, what on But I'll do what I have to do to make sure they can get clean. It just cost me two or three hours, sold and settled one. What did it cost Jesus? And so God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus. From the swamp, mud pit to the throne of God in heaven. Is there ever any any ever greater distance traversed in all of creation? Never, ever. From the swamp, mud pit to the throne of Christ. That's where you and I have be taken. Verse 7. So that with a purpose, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In the coming ages. So for the rest of my life, I have an opportunity to show how immeasurably rich is God's love for me. I can tell people, if you could know The sinner I have been. I could show you how immeasurable is God's grace and love for me and for you. So for the rest of my life, for the rest of my ages, I am a walking example of the immeasurable riches of God's love for miserable sinners. And then it goes beyond that. Those ages goes into eternity. So that's why we're talking this morning in Bible study about, you know, what are we going to do in heaven forever? Oh, yeah, so we're, we're having fun speculating. And I wonder if if part of it's going to be God's showing Joe's life testimony tomorrow night at seven o'clock, and the next night is going to be Brian's life testimony at seven o'clock. I wonder if we're going to spend eternity watching each other one by one, watching each other's God testimony of how much He loves us and how powerful was His saving. God's going to show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus for all the coming ages. Glory. Glory. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, those two words are pretty big. Pretty important. For by grace you've been saved. You've been saved by the love of God for you, even though you haven't deserved it in any way, shape, or form. And you receive that salvation by what? By faith. By grabbing a hold of the gift. Now I drag Romeo out of there. And I drag him up to the, the house. Okay? <coughs> When I released him from the leash to wash him up, he could have run away. But he stayed. And he let me clean him up. And the next day, he walked with me. He obeyed my commands. He followed through in faith in a sense. He wanted to be in a relationship with me. He received a gift of me forgiving him and washing him up and keeping him as my dog. I could have gotten rid of him. All those things. So in a sense, even Romeo acted that out. He received it by faith. He stayed with me and he returned to being a faithful companion. God does love you immeasurably. And he will give you that grace immeasurably until the moment you die But you can only be saved if you receive that love, grab on to it, hold on to it, and make it your own. By grace you have been saved, through faith, faith grabs a hold of the gift that God gives. And this is not just knowing stuff about God, just, just hearing that God loves you and go, that feels nice. That's not saving faith. Saving faith says, Jesus, you love me. You gave the sacrifice on the cross for me so I could be cleaned up. Jesus, you are the one for me. Be my savior. I'm going to walk with you the rest of my life. That's saving faith. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. Now... Listen in a second here. You go, wait a minute. But I'm dead in my trespasses. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're going, I'm, I'm still not getting it. It's just still bouncing off. And, I, and I'm dead. How, how am I supposed to respond when I'm dead? Did you put it John 5, 25? I didn't look in my Bible. I just added this morning. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here say it with me when the what when, the, when dead. the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live here's an amazing miraculous thing Jesus has the power to help dead people hear his voice believe and live every single person who's has ever been saved in Christ Jesus it was a miracle because you were dead in your sins and your trespasses and you can't do a thing when you're dead Somebody else has to do it for you. Somebody else has to apply the womb, the, the, right? Somebody else has to pound on your chest. Somebody else has to save you. You say, but I'm dead, I get you a thing. How can that happen? Jesus says, funny thing, amazing thing, miraculous thing. The dead can hear my voice, and if they will listen and come out and grab a hold of me, they will live. You came in here a walking dead person this morning. I'm glad you're here. Jesus is speaking to you. Jesus is speaking to you right now. He's saying, "Dead one, who I? Love who I've already paid the price for to drag you out of the swampy mud. Dead one, hear my voice, now. Nah. Come out of that tune and say yes to my love and receive salvation now. I can't yell loud enough to make you listen and wake up and grab a hold of it. I can't preach a sermon clever enough to accomplish it. It's a miracle all you do. And you're saved as you this morning. You pray for people who are not saved. You know what you're praying. God, you're dead. Jesus, I hope I'm here you can kick and can beat and smack that body all you want to but you can't wake them up it's a miracle but only Jesus can do. But here's where you're at Jesus said the dead can hear his voice and those who hear will live That's what we pray. And I pray that it's happened here today if I needed to for some of you. This is why Jesus is so amazing. This is why he's the only true God. Buddha talking to your dead spirit. You're going to hear his voice. Amen. Joseph Smith, only Jesus has the power for his voice to reach the dead. Verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace, the immeasurable love of God, you've been saved through faith. Somehow in your deadness you heard the voice of Jesus and you believed. Praise God. And this salvation is not your own doing. Can dead person claim any way, shape, or form? Way to go, Joe. You heard his voice. I was dead. <coughs> this salvation is not your own doing. Say it with me. It is the what? It gift is the of gift God. of God. Why would He give me such a gift? He's you. It's the gift of God. It's not a result of works. No good, wonderful thing you've ever done, you trust Him enough to make Him do it for you because you've been dead all along. A dead person can't do things that impress God. I'm going to say that again. A dead person cannot do things that impress God. You're saved is not because you did something good that impressed him. You're saved because he loved you. So nobody can boast. There's not going to be any line in heaven with people going, I was so good that Jesus loved me and that's why I'm here. There's not going to be a line like that in heaven. The only line, the whole line, the whole massive crowd in heaven, what are we going to be doing forever in one shape or form or another? Praise to the Lamb. I was dead and he loved me and saved me. Praise to the Lamb. Verse 10. So some people are like, we do this a lot in America. We do altar calls and we do special things to get the gospel out. And that's wonderful and that's all good. But we've left an impression with an awful lot of people in America that all you have to do is one time go, hey, some preacher was talking about Jesus. You know, it sounded really cool. And I, I felt loved. And I thought that'd be awful nice to feel clean. So yeah, that that cross thing, Jesus do that for me. And then we went and lived our lives however that, the heck we wanted to. Because I, got, I did that one thing that one time. So I'm saved. I'm going to glory. I don't have to worry about heaven. I'll just do whatever I want in the in-between time. No. You were dead. The voice of Jesus spoke to you. You were able to hear by the grace of God. And you grabbed a hold of Jesus by faith. You got saved. God has purpose for you now. What is his purpose? Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So when God gets you saved, he's like, you were dead. Now you're alive. Do stuff with the rest of your life that shows you're alive in me, in Christ, so that other people might have a chance to hear my voice. And they also come out of the muddy swamp and be saved. Your life has purpose. God has purpose for you. And it's a beautiful, glorious masterpiece. God's painting on you and he's adding stuff every single day. He's adding color. He's adding depth. He's adding texture. He's adding design. He's adding beauty. It's not just hold your breath until he takes you to heaven. You're a living masterpiece. He's working on you as purpose for you to reach other people who are still down there in that stupid swamp barking at the coon. And they're ignoring the voice of their master. And they're dead as dead can be in the spiritual realm. Their only only the chance is to hear Jesus speaking to them. I love you. I can clean you. I can restore you. I can pull you out of this muddy swamp and give you a life of purpose for now and forevermore. Let's pray. And Father, I'm praying for every person, online or present here right now in this room, that realizes up to this moment they've been a dead person and spiritually. Jesus, thank you for speaking from them. Jesus, give them ears to hear, a heart to respond, a soul that that can grab a hold of faith and say, "It's for me. You are for me. Save me." Told me I'm a stinking, muddy swamp that I've been in my whole life I never realized or knew it and couldn't get out of it. Now is the time. Grab a hold of Jesus. Say yes. Say yes. Thank you, Jesus. Wash us all clean and fresh and new again. It costs the precious blood you shed for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for having purpose in our lives. I thank you, God, that you're a magnificent painter, sculptor. You're working a masterpiece in every single person's life here today. God, help us to see your, your paint brush, your brush strokes adding to every single life here this morning. And every day. Bless you, Father. God, give us opportunities to love people to speak to them to share with them even if they're really 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 dead and gone God give us chances to speak to share to love and pray for them that they might hear your voice Jesus and they might hear believe. God we thank you for the miracle of our own salvation each person we humbly ask for more of those miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God, for the immeasurable riches of your love for us. We can't understand it, we can't plow the depths of it, but we should rejoice in it. Bless you, Father. God, we thank you for Ephesians chapter 2. With Paul making it so clear for the gospel. Help us, mighty God, to be a lighthouse for that pure, true gospel here, shining in the darkness. Bless you, Father. Fill heaven, fill these chairs with people saved in Jesus. It's our heart's cry, and we know it's yours too that all these things we pray in Jesus' mighty and capable name because there's no one like him. So in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing the number 417. How many have been to a Billy Graham crusade and heard this song, Just As I Am? <laughs> How many came forward to Just As I Am? This is pure gospel, Ephesians chapter 2, truth. We're going to sing it to Jesus. Now the Lord who loves you with an immeasurable riches of grace and mercy, can't plumb the depths of it, can't measure it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor, and keep you in his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen. i